Oh, I only have to invest eight seasons worth of okay. hour and a half shows forever. Like it's going to take me ten years to catch up on this show. And you know what? I'd rather just not be part of the conversation because, quite frankly, I don't like the people that are having the conversation. So why would I waste all of my time now, to have conversations with have people I wouldn't typically have conversations with? I don't want to talk to people that are talking about dragons. Okay, that's just not what I want to do. Hey, Gaywad, uh, I heard your uh, shit earlier. First off, you're such a pussy for only agreeing to like Game of Thrones because uh, she's making you, and I know that's what's happening. Uh, I'm having some losers over to the house on Sunday because I genuinely love Game of Thrones because I am also a pussy, and uh, I think we're going to throw that shit on the projector outside on like a 100-inch screen if you and Yorn Lady want to come over, but uh, just let me know. Holler at me. All right, later. I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'm not going to know what the hell's going on. I don't know any of these people. I don't know who to root for, who to root against. I've been super confused if at the end some kid comes out and kills someone. Isn't that what happened? Whoa! What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for And note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. It is the weekly dose for the middle of the month, May 15th, 2019. Uh, yes, only one more week of dumb Game of Thrones talk across the world. This is the Stone on Air podcast. And, you know, I don't normally do things like this where I go into any kind of specific subject matter and spend a lot of time on it because clearly uh, you can alienate portions of your regular audience. I'd like to think there's a pretty solid regular listenership. It is unfortunately kind of difficult to find out exactly how many there are, but uh, there are some. And focusing on any one thing for any length of time is going to bore people if they don't care. And so the exception to that normal uh, rule or guideline, I guess, will be this. Because of the hysteria that is this damn TV show, I, I think it is so fascinating to read all the uh, the comments and the, the, the hashtags and the back and forth on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter primarily, I don't, I've just, I've basically disconnected from uh, Facebook all the way around. I'm sure it's happening there um, at length as well. Then uh, Nick Lutzko is going to be my guest here in the first segment. He uh, has his uh, latest video out that is uh, just absolutely brilliant. More on that here in a few minutes. Of course, I, I touched on it last week as well, but it is just so much fun to watch the haters and to watch the defenders and to watch the, uh, the the indifference out there because everybody seems to be really passionate one way or another. I really, really, I'm the indifference. I don't 
care. I don't care what happens with this show because I'm not emotionally invested. Um, but I can critique it, and I'll talk to Nick about it here in just a minute. It's uh, it's it's just so rushed. It is amazing how long they've had to finish this se- this season off, this series off, I should say. And this is what we're getting out of it. So I, I, I it tends to feel like most people are pretty upset with the way it's going. But there is only one episode left, and yes, 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 I should have said it right off the bat. There are minor. Spoilers to occasionally maybe major spoilers. And I don't mean that I sit here and will break down the show. So if you're new this week or whatever, you want to hear Nick and you haven't seen the maybe season eight or whatever, I'm not necessarily going to break down the show and tell you what happened, but the inflection in my voice and the way I formulate my thoughts and, and sentence structure is going to give you an idea of what did or didn't happen. So it's not spoiler like, hey, breakdown of episode whatever season whatever. No, I don't do that here. But you will be able to tell based on the way the conversation goes. So I got Nick on hold here. I'll get to him in just a minute. Um, one thing I noticed, or I totally forgot about until like the other day, I was in uh, uh, the Carolinas for my uh, trip uh, in April right at tax time. And I was going to do my taxes before I left town, and I forgot. <laughs> and I looked up the other day, or I was just kind of going through past to-do notes that I never got to. And uh, filing taxes, yeah, you guessed it, was one of them. And contrary to most popular belief, I if somebody uh, – Hit me up on social media at Stone on Air and tell me if I'm wrong on this. But I've been told by a CPA back uh, many years ago that if, as long as you don't owe the government money, there is no penalty for filing and there is no real due date. You just got to get it done before the next year's um, or I guess just eventually. I don't really know that maybe there is a law in there that I'm not sure of, but I don't think I'm going to be penalized because I am not um, I don't owe any money to the government. But the thing is, the government doesn't owe me much money either because I'm not a big fan of tax return uh, money because I've done a whole segment on that here recently. If you missed it, go back and check it out. So hopefully I'll get that taken care of this week. And I'm going to do a long segment of just a bunch of kind of just bullet point stuff, thoughts and subject matter that I don't think really overall deserves an entire segment. And I'm going to do that next week, I'm pretty sure. And one of them is going to be uh, social media activity and the way people are just, well, it's not new, but it's been catching my eye a lot more recently. But another one that I've been noticing I wrote down to myself that I started to think about doing this week is advertising on social media. If you guys notice this, I'm not talking about Target ads. I'm not talking about you look for a New Balance shoes today at this website. So now when you go to Facebook, you're now you're getting hit with New Balance ads. I'm talking about the sponsored content. And I'm seeing more and more offshore, way off sea, uh, overseas, uh, things like uh, things that I've bought that have that have very difficult tracking, um, that come at very good pricing. Notice this more around Christmas, seeing some now still too. Lots of Chinese and Russian companies, and as Facebook tries to like thwart any kind of interference, interference, I should say, with with uh, meddling from foreign countries, they're now accepting lots of sponsored content, stuff that. Looks like it's scams, feels like it's scams, dollar amounts that are too good to be true. I saw a console radio, like the furniture style, it said $89. Now, it would cost $89 to ship that from China to Australia, let alone China to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so that is clearly not true. You look into the to the comments and you see this is bogus. So right now, t- Facebook is difficult to trust all the way around. And Nick Lutzko, which he'll explain in a minute, has been having trouble getting some of his videos because of the algorithms are catching him because of, uh, I know, possible propaganda or whatever. I don't know. Look at more of that later on down the road. Second segment of the show, my lame Mother's Day gift that turned out nearly perfect 
and thoughts all the way around about gift giving. And in the third segment of the show, oh, goody, as if the roads weren't dangerous enough, it looks like the motorized scooters are coming to town and they're going to be on the roads. That'll be in the third segment of the show. But let's not waste any more time and get my guest on the Stone on Air Newsmaker Line, the local musician and highly successful online content creator. It is Nick Let's Go. Hey, Nick. What's up, Brian? How are you? Doing well. Uh, well, you've, you've done it again. You've got another video out there, which we'll talk about uh, more at length here in a minute. But I, the last time I talked to you, you were doing most of your work with Super Deluxe, which is no longer a thing. What happened there? They, they got bought out? They folded shop? What happened there? Yeah, I don't know all the logistics, but Turner was uh, – there was some kind of merger with AT&T, and they – they, they shut down a lot of their smaller companies. Uh, Filmstruck was another one. I believe there are a couple of those, but they um, they shut down Super Deluxe because I believe they said that they had other entities that were doing similar work, and I assume they were, I don't know, maybe Adult Swim is one of those. They, um, they didn't want to compete with themselves, maybe, I guess. Yeah, I think they said they were going to cut one and put more emphasis on the other is what it sounded like because um, you said you said they were cutting some of their quote-unquote smaller companies from my view over here looking super deluxe seemed to be have a huge footprint online right yeah i'm, I'm talking compared to like yeah CNN or, exactly you know, yes but yeah that, that's the thing that's really so wild about it is super deluxe was insanely successful they're all of their or i won't say all of them but all, most of their videos did really well and a lot better than a lot of the you know social media uh, entertainment companies were doing like they had a really insane uh track record with their facebook live videos that they did they were like pulling in millions of views every day on those yeah they had a really successful series i believe they had some shows they were writing for television and streaming platforms um it's really a bummer to see it go but i think everyone involved is kind of on to bigger and better things hopefully so you're still creating the same kind of videos that you started with super deluxe who uh who are you doing those for now I am currently, um, I actually just finished up a five-song kind of trial series with College Humor, a series they're calling Dropout Music, and um, yeah, man, they just released this uh, Game of Thrones song that I did for them last week. I also did um, a Fox News song a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been cool. They, it was it was really wild. They reached out to me, actually, and uh, said they were a big fan of what I was doing for Super Deluxe. And so they wanted to pick up the mantle for a little while and see how it, see how it went. Well, that's great. I was wondering if you were going to just kind of freelance or how it was going to go going forward. I guess you're just kind of waiting and seeing at that point, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do think it's uh, – I think media companies in general are in a really weird place with um, – Facebook is just always – changing the algorithms are always changing i feel like i don't know what you call them the pages like the entertainment pages like it gets harder and harder for me to reach people They're like i can't promote certain posts that i was allowed to promote um months ago or years ago i, I don't know I, I've, I've heard that a lot of it comes from like the election meddling that they're just trying to put such a like they just have these really big overarching new rules like that prohibit you from posting certain things and they're just not super accurate in what they're not allowing you to do <laughs> yeah that makes sense and it also makes sense that facebook's not going to do it well whatever it is they do it's become an internet wasteland for any kind of real good content and my from my void point of view in my perspective anyway yeah yeah man i don't yeah I've, i'm kind of in the same boat but well let's talk about the video specifically i wanted to uh, i thought this was good timing because of the seeds uh the series finale is this week so everybody's losing their shit over this you know but people are happy they're mad they're sad they think the writing's bad they think it's good i mean it just depends on who you ask first thing the first things first 
I read this, and I don't know where this is one of those I heard things. I didn't. I don't know that this is true. I heard you crammed this entire series in, or at least the first seven seasons, in five days. Is it? Is is that accurate? Yeah, that is correct. Well, um, I did the math. That's fifty percent of the hours in a day for five straight days, right? I literally was like staying up till two, three a.m. and setting my alarm to wake up at seven in the morning. It was pretty insane, but. I kind of so the, basically the backstory behind that is for College Humor. This was the fifth song we were doing, and some of the other artists that we'd already spoofed were um, Johnny Cash, uh, Huey Lewis in the News, David Bowie, and we hadn't done any like modern artists. Yeah, and there and I'm like kind of an old man when it comes to like who's making hits right now. Well, and I'm on, I'm elderly if you're an old man, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went on Spotify like to see who was like the top like listened to artists, and this Billie Eilish. Yeah. Was, eight of the top 10 songs and yeah she's so huge started talking about doing something focusing on her and her her most recent single was the song bad guy and we were talking about choosing some kind of iconic villain to connect that you know parody with and one of them recommended doing cersei from game of thrones and i'd never i'd never watched game of thrones and it's one of those shows like everyone you know it's it's so hyped and i kind of always assumed that i would watch it eventually like yeah. binge watch it sometime and i got kind of annoyed like i don't want to like spoil this entire series by writing the song and also i don't feel comfortable writing a song without any context as to what's happening with these characters or anything else so I was like, well, I guess, you know, if, you know, they're paying me to write this song, I guess, like, this is the only time in my life I'll be, you know, my occupation will be to binge watch an entire series in a week. So I, uh, I rose to the occasion. So did you get any, uh, enjoyment as a, t- a television just viewer, a television program viewer, or was it more, were you studying how, how you were going to put together this, this production, this video, this song, or was it a little of both? It was a little of both, but I definitely, enjoyed it like it i was really lucky in that like cersei was never more than you know the most she's in an episode is probably 20 percent of the there's so many characters there'd be some episodes where she's not in it at all so usually when she's on screen that's like that's when i'm studying and then the rest of the time it was just kind of casual viewing well let's just get right down to it we i talked to letitia last week and we were talking game of thrones what do you think what do you, where, where are you a fan are you are you watching now are you caught up through season uh, eight up until the season finale or series finale this week yes yes I am I, I would say yes I, I would say I'm a fan I kind of have been reserving judgment um, for this latest season until it was all said and done but I feel like after last night I can kind of firmly write my name in the disappointed realm. Yeah, they kind of, quote, you know, li- literally and figuratively blew it up last night, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It just seems like the, the last, since season seven in particular, I just feel like they took their time with everything, and now everything just seems like so ridiculously, ru- like what yes. like, will happen in a, an episode now seems like it could have been fodder for an entire season, like earlier on in the show. Yes, yeah, so so, they're like teleporting all over the world. One minute they're a mil- I, thousands of miles away. Like, guys, you had two years. What's the, what is going on here? Right, yeah, and that's it. It's like I'm, I'm still enjoying. Like I'm entertained by it, but it does seem like there's been kind of a dip in quality in the writing, or at least the pacing of the story. Yeah. I felt like it started off really strong. Well, I've talked about it on here, so most people who listen regularly already know this, but you, you, you probably don't, so I'll tell you. I did kind of the same thing you did. Well, kind of nothing. I mean, meaning I, I crammed it over the course yeah. of three months. 
Um, So I'm just new to the show since like February now. You doing it in five days and me in three months are two completely different things. But so we have kind of a similar a little bit of a similar perspective because we don't have time to chew on it. Right. We were just moving, moving, moving. So I think I think that's a little different than watching it, you know, week to week, I, I would guess anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I do feel like I've lost out on, like, I'm kind of disappointed that this season, which it seems like people just kind of, like, I don't know, most, a lot of the stuff I see on Twitter and everywhere else appears to be pretty negative. And I'm kind of, I'm a little envious that I didn't get to experience some of the earlier seasons, like, as they were happening and be a part of the whole, like, Red Wedding, you know, I, that like, like all the things that I felt like blew people away in the early seasons were stuff that I'd already known yeah. was you know, yeah, not can, necessarily spoiled, but I had a strong idea of what was going on. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a week to chew on the Red Wedding or a week leading up to some of these bigger moments? I right. I agree yeah. with you. I'd like to be on the fodder online and, and, and have those emotions, which you can't have, obviously, in a binge setting. For sure, yeah. All right, so, um, you, so, so you were new to Game of Thrones, the character Cersei, and you were also new to, uh, to Billie Eilish all at the same time. How, what kind of challenge was that to, to have two things you really knew nothing about and then put them together at the same time yeah i don't know man it was it for whatever reason it moved pretty quickly and like it was i mean i, I listened to that song a lot i listened to like i don't think i listened to her whole record but i listened to like the most popular songs from it and that song bad guy was definitely the one i was pulling the most inspiration from but i was trying to like listen to the others and figure out what were the common threads between her all of her songs and i, I think the good thing about that billy Eilish tune is it's extremely minimalistic which sometimes for these things can be um I don't know, it can it'd be hurt, hurtful in some ways in that, like, if there's a lot of production, you have a lot of things to lean on. But if it's just, like, you know, one single bass, like, the vocal's got to be really strong, everything's got to be mixed really well, like, there's not a lot of places to hide. So that, that aspect of it, like, the production of it was a little tricky, but I was also able to move really quickly as well because I wasn't writing all these, like, it was pretty simple in that. I was like, okay, let's find a bass line. And now let's add in a beat. And really, the majority of the song just has, you know, it has add some elements and percussion, and then it adds some some synth stuff. But like, it was one of the most minimalistic songs I've ever done for any of these. The vocals were a different stories. A lot of vocal harmonies and things like that. And um, we had Becky Ribeiro uh, sing it. That's exactly where I was going next. What what made you think of uh, Bexy as she is known on stage sometimes? Oh yeah, I mean I've worked with her before. She did a few songs for Super Deluxe, and um, I just knew she'd be really great for this. Oh, uh, it sounds great. It's a, it mean nails it. Just absolutely nails it. Yeah, yeah, man, she's she's awesome. And it, we've we've done three songs together, and the three songs could not be more different. She nails all of them. She's she's just really great. Well, we're we're recording this a little bit earlier than uh, than than the release date for download. Where are you at as far as overall views? Do you pay attention to that kind of stuff? Is it is it taking off like some of your past Trump ones? Or? Are we talking millions um, yet? It's doing uh, no. It's on YouTube. It's it's like around a quarter million. It's actually it's been like pretty steadily moving. Like, and I'm, I'm probably gonna jinx myself, but I don't know how long. I kind of I've, I've felt like this could be a song that um will can like it could take off any moment as long as Game of Thrones is still in the air, which is you know one more week. Um, I, it's funny because I was really hoping like I was like okay here's the final showdown with Cersei. It's gonna be this. You know, I was hoping she'd do something like, uh, you know. Like well, yeah. Her. not for, Well, that's that's done with now. <laughs> that's right, not happening. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the chances of that are happening. And, as, yeah. and so, so you know, I do put spoiler alert on the postings of shows like this when we're talking about things okay, that are cool. still happening. Yeah, yeah, so. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I guess, to be totally honest, the, the songs have not been doing, like, with Super Deluxe songs, you know, they weren't all slam dunks, but a lot of them hit millions of views. Yeah. And, 
these these songs for college humor have kind of been landing right around like the hundred thousand between a hundred thousand two thousand views and i don't know if it had like you know i obviously had six months off when super deluxe went under i don't know how much facebook has changed i don't know how much the algorithm has changed i don't know if the audience isn't feeling it as much as super deluxe's audience was i, I really don't know what it accounts were but I, they're, they're doing better on youtube overall than they did for super deluxe so i kind of think it a part of it has to come down to like how the audience is you know i don't know yeah, I, I guess their, their I, platform or whatever else. I guess you're in a pretty good spot with all this, where you're a little disappointed with six figures, right? With a hundred thousand plus, I guess that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, that's yeah. No, that is that's a good way to put it. Do they do they have expectations? You guys talk about how many views they're hoping to get, and all, or is it just kind of like, here's your deal? Let's see what happens. We'll go from there. Yeah, it's, it's more like that. It's it's good stuff, man. Uh, I love uh, talking to you here and there, and I appreciate your time as always. Uh, just what's going on with the band these days? I know every now and again you pop in here and do a show here and there. Is that just uh, kind of the way you're going with it for now, or what, what, what's it look well, like for the rest of the year? You know, the past, I guess, two years now, this parody thing has kind of been my main gig as far as, like, you know, what the public sees. While, you know, I've been working behind the scenes, like you said, we'll do – shows every once in a while but behind the scenes we've been trying to finish up um a record and we literally are like i feel like i've probably talked to you multiple times and i've been like oh it's just a few more months but well yeah yeah i get it but we are actually putting on the finishing touches like everything is tracked everything is mixed i just um adam brown uh my drummer is mixing the record and i just gave him all of my final notes and all the songs and we should have like a finished record like we'll send it off to get mastered probably in the next couple of weeks we shot a music video and the intention is to uh get a uh, release you know re- have a release party in chattanooga uh release the music video release the record and just hit it really hard and you know i felt like when the last record etc came out i spent two years hitting it really hard and it kind of went underground in a way and kind of focused on finishing this record while I was doing these parody videos to kind of pay the bills. And um, I'm really excited to kind of put this new music out there and kind of let people see, remind people that there's more to me than just these silly videos I've been making. Yeah, you say silly videos, and I, you know, I've said this to you before, it's kind of joking, not joking kind of thing. You're not looking for career advice or life advice from me. I think these videos you make are absolute, just incredible. Like to me, they're not just little silly throwaways. I would focus on that a lot if I were you. Now I know the musician in you deep down probably would rather be making original music, but I love the stuff, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely intend to keep doing it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't intend to throw that to the side. I'm going to be a serious artist now. There's none of that. But yeah, I, I am excited to get into the you know the, the side of it that I intended to get into years ago when I first started writing songs and. I guess that major in, um, uh, what was it, commercial songwriting ended up working out pretty well for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, man. Um, although For that setting, I mean, for the production of these right. kinds of videos. Yes, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, Nick, man. thanks a lot. Let me know when you got something out. We'll uh, we'll get it out there, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you live sometime soon, all right? Yeah, man, thanks so much. I appreciate you talking. Nick, let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next, I really, truly do enjoy being a gift giver, but I do not fall into the trap of the obligations to gift give and when I put my mind to it I'm pretty good at it but some gift giving occasions are more important than others and Hallmark holidays have never been a big thing to me well all that be said my Mother's Day gift to my girlfriend was actually pretty lame but it ended up working out pretty well 
And the reasoning and the idea behind it was because of online advertising, more specifically podcast online advertising, and a very different approach that caught my eye. And ultimately, the call to action for me to buy ended up happening. I'll get into that coming up next. Sherry's Berries. Man, they're happy it's over. And this is because of Mother's Day coming up. And it says introduction and thought starters. Suggestions below, but make this lead in your own. What does that mean? Make it in your own. Well, it's Mother's Day is coming. Your own voice. Mother's Day is coming up, and there's absolutely nothing most of us wouldn't do to make sure the special moms in our life are happy. And says, talk about your mom and why she deserves to be happy this Mother's Day. My mom's not with us anymore. Hmm. You know, talk about your own mom. You know, worry about your. You know what? Don't worry about my mom. <laughs> worry about your own mom. That's the same. Talk about the best, worst, funniest reaction you've received after sending a Mother's Day gift. Why would you think I would send anybody a Mother's Day gift? Do I look Just, like that kind of person? I'm not sure I'm not. this is the, what Sorry, they mean Mom. by do it in your own. Motivate your audience. Sherry's Berries has special... I, you know, I like Sherry's Berries. What do you want me to do? I like them. Oh, but I like them for myself. What? I love Sherry's Berries. So there they're you go. really good so berries. So there you go. Fantastic. Kevin's not even paid to do this. Really Sherry's good. Berries has special Mother's Day berries designed just for Mom that are topped with chocolate chips, Pink, shimmer, sugar, and swizzles. Drop saying that fast. Uh, and it says, describe how much these gourmet goodies would make the special mom in your life smile. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead what? I mean, talk about... I love them. I mean, Sherry's like berries are the yourself. best. The chocolate covered, the white chocolate covered, all of them. You don't have to... I'll be talking about them today on my podcast. You don't have to give these to your mom. You, yeah, can, you know, you can give yourself. your mom a copy of the Indiana no, you Lord Journal, yes. and you can keep them for yourself. Right. Or yes. invite your mom over and say, you like these? Yeah, you can not. have two. Here's a move. I'm eating get the them for your wife from the kids, and then you guys all get to enjoy yeah, them. They are you big. Them. You can They're choose huge. your delivery yeah. date to ensure mom gets the, your gift of Sherry's Berries exactly when you want her to, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Don't wait until the last minute on this one. Visit berries.com today to order freshly dipped strawberries starting at nineteen ninety nine. For the moms in your life. And you've heard Kevin endorse this thing already. To make mom really happy, you can double the berries for just $10 more. And you, can, you don't have to tell her. Right. You take right. the, you extra, take the berries. extra ones. Right. Mother's Day is Sunday, May 12th. So visit berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter my code TKPOD. That's berries.com. Click the microphone code TKPOD. Gonna make all, all right, so thank you for bearing with me on that. It's kind of an annoying rejoin all the way around. This is My Morning Jacket, or at least Jim James from My Morning Jacket doing Pink Floyd's Mother. I, I thought, oops, sorry. I thought that that rant for that read, that 122nd read for Sherry's Berries was damn hilarious from the Tony... Kornheiser's show, and uh, he does a couple of those uh, every every day on his show. Lots of other podcasters do as well. And I was sitting around listening to the show, and um, I was just laughing. I was quite literally laughing and said, "You know what? I don't have anything for Mother's Day. I guess I'll buy some damn Sherry berries. <laughs> At least I'll be supporting a show that I like." I guess was my thought. More on that in a minute. So the reason I played this was first of all, well, the song's "Mother," but. Um, 
I realize it sounds like shit. It's terrible. Uh, it's some kind of outtake demo version. I couldn't find anything better. So rather than change songs because I'd already started the recording and I was running late putting it together, I said, screw it, I'll just leave it in there and uh, have a little anecdotal story to go along with it. So the My Morning Jacket show here locally was at the Tivoli. Was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. It wasn't recently whenever it was. And I've seen My Morning Jacket many times and uh, almost always in a festival setting. And I've always enjoyed it. And I have five, six of their records at least. I know I would say I'm probably familiar with at least 40% of all their music. Maybe a little bit more than that. Probably not. Probably less than 50, but still pretty healthy amount of it. And I went to this show that was the first on this small tour they were doing. It's either the first or the last. I can't remember. One or the other. And I just wasn't impressed. They played such deep stuff. And um, and the super fan was loving it. I compared it in the past to if I went to a Pearl Jam show where they didn't play Even Flow, Jeremy, Alive, or any of that, and I'd have been happy. I'm just not that kind of MMJ fan. And I remember I was in there, and I was irritated and kind of bored, to be honest with you. And then as soon as the show was over in the, in the commons, on social media, on text threads, and wherever else, it was, oh, my God, what a great show, so incredible. And they covered two songs. They covered Mother. I think they covered three, actually, but two in particular. They covered Mother, and they covered, I think it was Tiny Dancer from uh, Elton John. That's like 12 minutes worth of songs. And they're just like, oh, my God, can you believe they played Elton John? I'm like, guys, if I wanted to see Elton John songs, I'd have gone and seen Elton John. I don't like Pink Floyd all that much and don't care about their song Mother. I came here to hear my morning jacket songs I like, and they didn't play any of those, and then they played that. So it was an irritating, uh, an irritating overall night of music. And it just goes to show you can't please everybody any of the time. So, all right. So back into what I was doing for Mother's Day. So I've grown up in a family that doesn't really celebrate Hallmark holidays all that much unless you want to. I'm not sure if that was because of influence from me at a young age of just being completely uninterested in anything that wasn't a major holiday or birthdays. I don't know if I influenced the rest of the family to kind of all kind of think that way. I don't I don't think that's taking too much credit for something I might not have done because it's very true. I've always been that way. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure, but we never really were all that worried about Mother's Days and Father's Days and um, I don't know, any of these other kind of Valentine's Days, whatever. Christmas, Thanksgiving, and your birthday, you know, and that's it. And as we've gotten older, I continue to try to beat into everybody's head. Stop, stop trying to go too far into gift giving here just for the sake of doing it. It's just, it's just dumb. I don't like it. There's no real feeling there. Uh, if there's something you know that I'd love or something you, you know that I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned in the past that would be interesting. You know, one of those kinds of things, but that kind of gift giving's not normally happening. And so Mother's Day, I certainly have never done much of anything other than just say happy Mother's Day. Hell, uh, Mother's Day has been on Shaking E's weekend for the last five years, save this year. They they moved, the, it fell on a different weekend. And Father's Day has been at Bonnaroo weekend, I would say out of the 18 years, 15 of those years. So I've hardly ever done anything with my dad on Father's Day, too. And it's all, we all get this. Like, this is my thing. You do your thing. We'll go hang out some other time. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. I'm just not going to let that dictate my life. And if anybody has a problem with that, get over it. And part of the reason that that's always been a thing is because you set your expectations long ago. And 
people don't have to necessarily like the where those expectations have been placed, but they have to at least acknowledge it and appreciate it and respect it if they want to get anything done from a family and relational uh, standpoint and aspect. And anybody who's in my life regularly knows where those expectations are, and they've been there for quite some time. But this is the first Mother's Day that I've ever put more thought into other than a text message or a quick phone call because it's my girlfriend. And uh, But I was like, what the hell am I supposed to get a gift for? What am I supposed to do? What do you get a mom for Mother's Day? Um, I guess you try to do something nice that the kids can be involved in. I guess. I don't know. I've never done this before. I mean, I've never done it. And, and there's a lot of things going on in my life right now I've never done before. Um, and so I'm going to do some of them poorly. So it's getting close to time, and I'm listening to the show, and I thought, well, hell, I guess I'll buy some damn Sherry's Berries. Stamp things are kind of expensive, too, by the way. <laughs> the advertising say they're not. Yeah, right. And the TK Pod at checkout didn't save me any money either. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I did that, and then after the course of the week went along, decided to figure out we're going to make some surprise breakfast, a little brunch, some mimosas for her and me, obviously, not the kids, and um, then go out to eat and have some uh, some friends and family around. It turned out to be really, really nice. And then on the Sherry's Berries box, which I gave to her later on that Sunday on Mother's Day, it had a little note that came with it, a little card that said, sorry about the lame gift, more on the next podcast and i thought that was kind of a nice touch and so here's the explanation as to why you got sherry's berries Brittany. and uh i think uh, everybody seemed to have enjoyed themselves that day but what it comes down to the secondary point here now that i'm off of the more anecdotal just personal situation from this past week it is setting expectations it is understanding your surroundings and gift giving should be meaningful it should be something that is thoughtful and thought-provoking and uh, and and memory-inducing. If it's not, then I got zero interest in it. And I'm going to have trouble with this, I guess, having more kids around these days. And my, my brother has a young young toddler now, and my uh, my sister has two that are pretty young that are getting older and now remembering names and knowing what's going on around them. So I'll, I guess you know, kids are clearly not, I guess, totally different. But this idea of even between couples or uh, adult children or even teenage children, maybe under 18 but i pretty much draw the line right there listen bud if you need something go get it don't ask me for a new toaster for your birthday if you need a toaster go buy a damn toaster and that would be true with whatever it is here you need a new tv go buy a new tv i'm not buying you a television for your birthday that it's true with anything else you know a new mobile device a water filter system on your faucet i'm just making things up as i go along Meaning, if you need something, let's just arrange to figure out how to get you that something. I'm not going to purchase you just this random thing you want. If you want it, go get it yourself. And then I think a lot of people get trapped into families and social circles of where gossip tends to kind of dictate Oh, can you believe so-and-so didn't buy so-and-so this? Or can you believe what they got them for this, for that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the minute you can eliminate that mess and that concern from your, from your, your mindset and your brain and your, and your emotions, you're going to be living a lot better off. Trust me, I did it long ago. That stuff doesn't phase me. And even if, even if for some reason you're just, maybe you're drawing a blank, you, your creativity juices aren't flowing, maybe there's, uh, who, whatever the reason is, if you can't get a gift along those lines, 
then just get somebody something that they would never get themselves. Because we've all got things that we would, would really like to have, but we're never going to get around to messing with it. It might take a little bit of creative questioning to try to figure out what that might be with somebody in your, uh, in your social life or your, your relationship life. But get them something that they would normally never get themselves. So really, I guess my point is if you get a gift from me, then you are getting something that I put a lot of thought into. And generally speaking, it's going to be something that you probably can't get anywhere else or almost would be very, very impossible for you to get without me doing it for you. Whether that's creating something, making something, or buying something that's just not widely available. So that's what made this Mother's Day a little bit more of a challenge. Because when you only give a few gifts a year, it's a lot easier to be very um, uh, creative and thoughtful in that gift giving. And when you have to do it more often, it is like, oh, wait a second. What am I going to do now? And uh, I just thought it was cool that, yeah, podcasting advertising actually does work. When you hear a funny way of putting it together, an ad, which you know Sherry's Berries, if they heard that ad, would be like, oh, my God, do you hear this guy? I mean, can you believe we pay this guy to supposedly pitch our message and sell our product? Well, yeah. Yeah, he actually is because his audience gets him. His audience loves it. And uh, I got a laugh out of me, and it created almost a domino effect of a way to put together a great overall, not just one specific gift, but a great experience for a Hallmark holiday with people I really love being around. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting thing, gift-giving, especially when you do it uh, away from the major days of the year. And podcasting, advertising actually does work. I just gave you proof of that. All right, we'll put the wraps on that segment right there. Do one more and then wrap it up for this 15th of May. The I guess it's almost back to a weekly dose. I don't have to call it the not-so-weekly dose at this point, I don't guess. Coming up next, well, first, it was bicycles all over the damn road. And now it looks like it's going to be motorized scooters. And you can only imagine, if you're around here any length of time listening to this podcast... How excited I am about this. What are the deets, as they say, on the electric scooter bill? And what does that mean to our downtown streets? And how more dangerous might they get? I will dive into that coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At StoneOnAir.com have expressed the need for having these scooters to get around campus. Councilman Anthony Bird says that the council is on board to try out the scooters, but they are concerned about safety. Larger cities like Atlanta and Nashville already have electric scooters for people to use. Since the popular scooters came out, there have been a number of injuries. Councilman Anthony Bird says it would be nice for Chattanooga to have them, but they must fit the need of the city. One of the rules that we definitely put forth is that uh, you have to at least be 14 years old to get on one. And we're just hoping that parents will govern uh, the situation. Also, anyone under 16 will have to wear a helmet. Bird says although it will be the responsibility of the riders and parents to understand the importance of safety, the police department will also be aware of all the rules. The second we have an incident or something that is going to the left that's not too uh, productive, uh, it's going to get shut down. After a year of the scooters being on the street, the council will review the ordinance to make sure it's working. Bird says he's heard the most from college students wanting to ride the scooters around campus. 
it's hard enough for us to get from one end of UTC campus to the other, and I just think this would be something to get me on class on time. Don't you want me to pass, Councilman? I'm like, I want you to pass. In other cities, there have been reports of injuries caused by scooters being left on the ground in random spots. Bird says they want to make sure those issues don't happen in Chattanooga. We want to make sure that scooters are not laid all over the streets. We want to make sure that entrance ways are cleared, and we want to partner with different businesses. A bunch of drunk, dumbass college kids on motorized scooters. What could possibly go wrong? Welcome back to the show. This is Billie Eilish. It's about three years old. It's a great song. Ocean Eyes. Of course, she is the, uh, the, she's being parodied on Nick's latest video and song, sung locally by uh, by Bexy, as she's known on stage, or at least she was back before she became a little more domesticated. Hey, a lot of us are becoming more domesticated these days. Um, I was going to play that whole video or the audio, but I decided not to because it really needs the video. Some of his songs that have uh, video accompaniment, don't necessarily need the video, and some do, and I think this one did, so I decided not to play the whole thing, but this is uh, Billie Eilish, who, this song is not going to give you a good indication of where that sound comes from, because some of the newer stuff she has is a lot more darkish, emo, I don't know, it's hard to explain, it's kind of a new wave of pop music, this song's great. She's 18 now. She just turned 18, meaning she was 15, 14 or so when she recorded this song. She's one of the headliners at the Music Midtown Festival that was announced on Tuesday, along with Travis Scott. Uh, who else? Panic at the Disco. It's for for middle-aged white men like myself and much of my listenership. It, it ain't what you're looking for. But if you are into pop music... Stuff that's uh, new and hip and out there, then uh, the kids are going to love it in September in Atlanta. So, Chattanooga City Council gives first nod to electric scooter bill. And I I remember being in Nashville for a drive-by truckers concert uh, maybe a year ago. I noticed these scooters in in basically in the damn streets. I didn't know what I was looking at until later I got home. I did a little bit of research on it and noticed they have this, I guess it's, considered a ride share kind of program um i don't know it seems to be uh you know another money making opportunity by some kind of big company that sees a uh, sees a community that might use this especially in an area like downtown chattanooga where people are walking a lot tourists quote unquote <clears throat> of sorts kind of place but there was a lot of problems in nashville from uh, logistic problems to injuries to traffic issues and just another one of these introducing especially introducing any kind of any kind of lack of a better way of putting it vehicle that will allow you to move faster than walking if you put that in the masses of cars and people walking just about everybody involved is confused pedestrians on the street are confused drivers are sure as hell confused and uh, the people who are on these vehicles, whether they be a, um, what do they call those things, uh, a Segway or what they're now calling the, the hoverboards or now motorized uh, 
scooters, whatever the hell the case may be, it usually causes a lot of confusion, and uh, a lot of people are seeing that. This is from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Allison Collins, who I was reading tweets from last week from the Times Free Press. The paywall didn't keep me out this time, Allison, and everybody at TFP. Chattanooga City Council gives nod to electric scooter bill. The City Council approved a revised dockless bicycle and electric scooters ordinance. And that's the big thing here, dockless. We have bikes all over the bike share program that are docked at bays or at at stations all around the city. This would be a situation where you can now have dockless bicycles and now electric scooters. Uh, Board members, uh, Bird, Coonrod, Gilbert, Mitchell, and Oglesby all voted in favor. Chip Henderson, Ledford, and Ken Smith voted against it. Oh, and there's our girl, Carol Burtz. She abstained from the vote once again. What the hell is this woman doing on the city council? Remember, not long ago, the Chattanooga Presents mess with asshole Chip Baker and the, and the, and, and the city and my friend Carla with Chattanooga Presents and Carol Burtz sat out of that one too. The hell are we paying you for? I'm not in the city, so I'm not paying you anything. But what is this? What are the, your constituents paying for? Abstaining from the vote. This is absolute bullshit. Sorry, side sidebar. I'll continue back to the TFP. Ledford and Smith were most vocal opponents of the ordinance. They said they didn't like the headlines that appear when researching electric scooters online, which includes stories about cities banning them and hospitals seeing an increase in industry. Uh, excuse me, in injuries. Electric scooter companies have been cautious about launching the newest mobility trend here in Chattanooga without rules set in advance by the city. Chattanooga City Council members have voiced several concerns about the dockless nature of electric scooters and the safety of them in the past six months. Many municipalities have reported problems with dumped and junked vehicles, riders speeding along sidewalks instead of streets, and increased numbers of accidents. We'll be back to that in a minute. Speeding along sidewalks instead of streets. A couple more uh, half paragraphs here. They're talking about from the front end there. That was one of the council members talking about college students. Uh, It says, college students who have no other form of transportation, it would help them a lot. Oh, yeah, because a college kid is having real trouble getting around. Save me on that one. They just want to screw around on those streets with a scooter, half drunk half the time, I would imagine. Council member Mitchell, uh, Jerry Mitchell, moved to amend the ordinance so no one under the age of 14 could ride the scooters. Which was approved. Well, all right, cool. Well, at least no one under the age of 14, because, I mean, what What if a 13-year-old was on that? Man, we'd have ourselves a mess. This is, uh, the, 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 the lack of any concern for the safety on our roads is just in, infuriating. I'll put the wraps on this, uh, this piece here down a little bit further. This is from a couple weeks ago from the Times Free Press. The electric scooters would not be allowed on sidewalks intended only for pedestrians but could be used wherever a bicycle is allowed. I'll come back to that. Used wherever a bicycle is allowed. While helmets are encouraged, the ordinance states that they are not required unless the rider is under 16. Of course, they're not. There is an education component in the ordinance that states companies must, ed- the companies that are coming to town with these vehicles, must educate riders on the city's rules and regulations for dockless vehicles. All companies must have a Chattanooga-specific website that educates riders on those policies. And I, I guarantee you, whenever this does go in place, that's going to be all the requirement is. All there is is a Wix or a uh, some kind of do-it-yourself website creator like, uh, what's the one that's giving me? Uh, WordPress. And you get in there and make a quote-unquote Chattanooga-specific website for rules and regulations and education. And that's going to be all the requirement is for people of all ages from 14 to 84 years old to get on these electric scooters, which are 
well, I just threw it away. But they are going to be treated like bicycles, meaning they, they uh, legally can do whatever a bicycle can do. And a bicycle, the, the, the rules of the road are to ride the damn bike in the middle of the road. Cars, bikes, and now scooters. I'll ask the question again. What could possibly go wrong? It does appear that the bike share program seems to be doing pretty good at their docking stations. I see people on them a lot. I have no idea whether there's any profit being turned on this. I would imagine there's absolutely not. I'd imagine there's not even close to a profit. That's not what I mean by it appears like it's doing well or uh, at least like it's worth its while. But I just see more and more being used. So good for that. I was skeptical and doubtful of that from the beginning. What I don't understand is why now this sudden urge to make dockless uh, ride sharing or ride vehicle sharing uh, programs. Why why make it to where you can just lay these things down wherever you want? I know they're GPS tracked, so you're always going to know where they're at. You're going to have it tied to your credit card, so there's going to be some kind of, or your Venmo or your whatever, there's going to be some kind of accountability from a financial standpoint to where if it gets destroyed or lost or broken uh, in any way while you're in control of it. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I can't imagine a company would come in and not have themselves covered on that. But why is it important for these companies to want to have this uh, these dockless scooters and bikes? I, I guess is it for better accessibility? Because if you have the app, I'm sure it shows you where one is. So if you're walking down the street or if you're over on campus or something and you pull up the app, I guess it's the same as an Uber or any other kind of GPS-enabled functional app, and you can say, oh, hey, I'm walking down the street, and right around the corner, there's just one laying on the ground. I guess I'll go pick it up and ride it. I, I guess that's how that works, and if you, if you only have docking stations, I guess that kind of limits the access of what you're trying to sell. So maybe I just answered my own question um, for me. I don't know, but as it comes down to it at the end, it's the same thing that irritates me all the time. It's a lack of concern for uh, the safety on the roads. I am terrified driving around, and uh, I see people talking, Chattanooga's the worst drivers. No, no, no. The, the entire country are the worst drivers in the world. We just put no emphasis on safety. We put emphasis on on revenue enhancement and speed traps and all the different ways we can uh, make money off of people driving around by the excessive amounts of uh, traffic signals and signage that's not important and uh, just the, the traffic flow, which is oftentimes just an absolute disaster around this area and pretty much all across the country just depends like anything else just where you are at but generally speaking safety is a very very small concern on the roadways making money off people off on the roadways is uh, of most concern to many we let 16 year olds drive cars which is absolute lunacy we're now putting 14 year olds on motorized scooters that are allowed to just i guess you call it drive right around all in the middle of the streets we uh, allow anybody to get on a bicycle and ride around on the bike like it's a um, like it's a car. And these scooters and these motorized uh, bicycles or the hybrids or the non-motorized, we allow them to have the same kind of privileges as a as a car. Yet we do not uh, we do not have uh, taxes on them. They do not pay any kind of registration fees. They uh, do, they do not have to be licensed. They don't have to be certified. All they have to be uh, is li- uh, living is breathing. That is the only qualification. Say you're in a maybe a fender bender the the the, the four way of uh, of MLK and Broad Street and a, a a motor scooter or a bicycle cuts off a car and that car fender bends into somebody else and the bike just takes off down the sidewalk and jumps to the curb and is gone. 
you know, police officer gets there. Right, we'll do a traffic a police report on this. Uh, let's see. So what happened? Well, this asshole on a bicycle cut me off and went this way. Oh, well, did you get the tag? Of course I didn't get a tag. There's not one. Did you get any other kind of identifying marks, any kind of registration plates or anything like that? Of course we didn't. Those don't exist. Oh, hey, the guy on the scooter. Yeah, I don't know. He looked like he was about 14 years old. Yeah, he looked like every asshole 14-year-old punk I've ever seen. No, I didn't get a description. See where I'm coming from here. And drivers are going to be frustrated by this because we're all a bunch of assholes in our cars. And for some reason, there's a false sense of security, a false sense of safety. When most people are driving around in their car, they think they're invincible in their cars. Most people do. I don't get it. I've talked about it multiple times. I know some of you are like, I get it enough already. But this idea, you're screaming and yelling at people while you're driving around, you wouldn't normally do in in, uh, in, in real settings. And so that's going to make uh, drivers more aggressive, the already aggressive nature of the uh, littered traffic lights all over uh, our entire uh, downtown and, and uh, suburban areas where people are driving erratically and trying to beat lights and trying to trying to be aggressive. Now you're adding bicycles and you're adding motor scooters and you're adding 14-year-olds out there. This is lunacy. So I started looking at some of the Tennessee uh, crash data from Tennessee.gov. It is so loaded. The first one I found was 57 pages long. But one thing I uh, I noticed that I decided to just print off the first two pages, it is county rankings and statistics by emphasis area, the Tennessee traffic crash data from the Department of Safety and Homeland Security, the contents of this, of this particular uh, report. Crashes by type, motorcycle crashes, alcohol-impaired crashes, fatalities in alcohol-impaired crashes, Speeding-related crashes, young drivers in crashes, senior drivers in crashes. Now, a lot of those are good statistics to look at to see where they uh, rank over year to year. But guess what's not on that list? Distracted driving. Because we still don't have real concern for safety. We're just trying to cover our bases as we go, I guess. But there's still not even a contents of that study for distracted driving, which is one of the most dangerous things out there. And I just looked at this from the lot from year date 2017 to 2018 Tennessee traffic fatalities for the year to date. Uh, well, this is a full calendar years 2017, 980 deaths. On the roads in Tennessee. In 2018, 996. Difference of only about 16. We're not getting better. If anything, we're getting worse, but we're certainly not getting better. Fatalities where a teen driver was involved, ages 13 to 19. 85 and 17, 84 and 18, virtually unchanged. Non-motorists, which include pedestrians, uh, pedal cyclists, I guess in this case, scooters, I, I guess. Uh, that are involved with fatalities in the state of Tennessee. In 17, 123. In 18, 134. Now we can add scooters to the mix and see how many more deaths we can get out on the roadways. And motorcycles, 135 in 17, 166 in 18. What's my point is, these numbers aren't changing other than going up. People are not getting safer, and all the ordinances in the world that you can pass to add more and more people on the roads, especially when they're not in vehicles, and even worse, we're not making enough money off of them. They should have to be licensed, uh, registered, uh, pay taxes, uh, uh, at least, if nothing else, an online just course they could they could just cheat their way through. There's nothing, nothing that anybody has to do except for just walk up and pick up a damn scooter and start riding around in the middle of the road with it. And if... Let's just say it's, we okay, fine. We all don't care about safety. We're not even going to talk about that anymore. Make some damn money off of it. Make people get certified. 
Make people pay registration. Make people have license tags on this. Make people pay to to use the roads that we all fund and tax through the through the yearly <laughs> updated registration that we have to do as motor vehicleists. If nothing else, make some money off of it. If forget it, we'll just forget about safety. We don't care. We'll all die. I started watching Hunger Games the other day. Forget it. We'll just have fun watching each other die. More on the Hunger Games thing later. But seriously, we'll just let's just all die. While we're dying, let's at least make some damn money off of it. All right, that's all I got for this week, the weekly dose or the, you know, here and there weekly dose for the 15th of May. Where the hell is this year going? Less than one month away now from Bonnaroo. I cannot wait. If you're a new listener, you can find me on all social media at Stone on Air. At Stone on Air. I love Twitter. I like Instagram. I tolerate Snapchat. And I loathe, yet still regularly participate in Facebook. And, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, it for now. We'll do it again next week, the 22nd. And uh, y'all take care. Have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy this incredible weather we have here because we are about to be summertime before you know it. Y'all take care. Bye. Bye.